The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, beautiful people. This is www.flashblackradio.com. We are the usual suspects, and this is Shit You Might Have Missed. Dialing in today, we have the lovely, wonderful Kay Savage. Hey, folks. How you doing? Happy New Year. Uh, we also have one Slim Williams. When you said lovely and beautiful, I thought you were going to say me. I'm actually kind of disappointed that, that that's not what you said. So that, that, that was Slim Williams. The lovely and beautiful Slim Williams. Thank you. You know, I feel both lovely and beautiful. You are. You, you should. look lovely and beautiful. You should. you should. I'm beautiful. The way the light is just shining on your face. I'm beautiful. I do have like a kind of ethereal thing. Ladies and gentlemen in the audience, if you could see the effect uh, uh, that the screen is displaying, it actually looks quite ethereal right now. It's like Getting a my ethereal. And, and And also to my right, uh, the homie T Rich. T Rich, what's up? Hi there. And I am Da Vinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett the Third. Once again, we are the usual suspects. This is www.flashblackradio.com, and this is the year 2017 wrap up podcast where we get to talk about a little few of things that we thought were big stories uh, over the course of 2017. Uh, maybe some things that were like. Personal things that we 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 came up on in 2017, things that we thought of interest that maybe we didn't talk about, and what we're looking at going into 2018. So uh, yeah, in no particular order. If somebody wants to jump in, feel free to do so. Anybody got anything they want to discuss from 2017 that they thought was like there 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 are a couple of things that I didn't ever really touch on in 2017. Well, I think that if you are living and breathing right now, that you deserve a gold star because you have survived the year of Donald Trump. Mm. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Yeah, and that's his, true. Uh, yeah, he had an interesting, yeah, employment situation. He had kind of a revolving door situation at the the White House, the White Trap House, as <laughs> it has been referred to previously. The White um, Trap House. We want to just say, uh, rest in peace to Sean Spicer, Spicy Facts. Um, oh man, we can go down and listen to that one. Garamucci, the mooch. The mooch. Right. I'm not sure about Kellyanne. I think she kind of comes and goes. But Kellyanne, the crib keeper. Uh, lots of people on Donald Trump's uh, team came and went. So hard to say goodbye to yesterday. <laughs> but that nigga's still here. He's still sitting in the office. Um, oh, I mean, we got a couple of Omarosa. <laughs> ah, yes. I was like, somebody, I'm missing somebody. Oh, that was Ryan's previous. No, it was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, Rent's penis is gone too. Yeah, he been gone. That's how. That's how. That's remember. That's who. Uh, uh Scaramucci came in to replace Scaramucci was it's in for so like a week. There's been so many people. And yeah. Jeff Sessions got uninvited to the Camp David retreat. So you know. Yeah, so there's a lot of people that that have that have gone the way of the dodo. Uh, in, the, in the Trump administration. Oh. Make no mistake, but yeah. 
Also, what has um, left in Donald Trump's presidency, um, democracy, um, common sense and decency. uh, Common sense and decency is debatable. It's like that might have gone before he actually got into the White House. Well, also, that's probably more the GOP than just him, period. Um, Uh, Speaking of period and blood coming out of her wherever. Uh, Yeah, there's Megyn Kelly switched over to MSNBC after she came from Fox. And somebody made a good point. They were were saying uh, on on Sirius Talk Radio, had uh, Tamron Hall, you know, not left on principle from MSNBC... She might have gotten the Today Show anchor spot that now uh, Hoda is sitting in. It's a lot of interesting things that have happened. 2017 was the year of the white men's penis. Um, wow. You know what? That's actually... I mean, as a dude, I would never... But you've made a very valid point. And yeah. I think Dave Chappelle actually pointed that out. Yes. <laughs> we found out that... <laughs> White men like to show their penises, apparently, and uh, masturbate into potted plants. And well, yeah. The more freckles, the better. The more freckles. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you like you to see them shower? It's, all it's, over it's, the it's place. All types from of, it's all Harvey types of Weinstein to uh, Louis C.K. and a, a lot of people. Charlie man. Rose. You know, Charlie no, Rose. no penis was left behind. Yeah. And, you know, some people, when they got caught out there, whatever, it's like, hey, like, how do I derail this conversation and change the narrative? I'll just come out as gay because nobody knew I was gay, right? We're looking at you, Kevin Spacey. We knew you were gay. Everybody knew. Yeah. That's, that's why you had that beef with RuPaul all them years ago because RuPaul called you out. You ain't like it. Something else. Something else. Multiple things. There was LeVar Ball. Let, let me just say that. Uh, LeVar Ball... Uh, greatly perplexed me and, and irritated me throughout the year of 2017 uh, because he came off, as many people have noted, like a heel in, in, in the WWE. He came off like a wrestling villain. And uh, he was he was, was just annoying as hell. I mean, I get that you want to cape for your, your son, but at the same time, you don't want to actually become a distraction to what your son is trying to do, what your son is trying to be, and what he's trying to build. And it felt like in many instances, LeVar, LeVar Ball was actually more in love with the idea of getting personal attention than actually, like, you of know, course. building up his son. And that's, that's kind of like the debate that people have been having. Like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's taking the heat for his son. Like, his son don't need to take heat. All his son has to do is go out there and play. If his son plays, I think then LeVar, he I think LeVar Ball wants to be famous. Oh, yeah, yeah. He definitely wants to be famous. And apparently he doesn't want to be about his business with big ball of brand shoes, which people have been buying and not getting. I know a couple of people who've actually purchased Big Baller brand shoes and mm. still awaiting that delivery. Yeah, I keep waiting on that. Uh, but I appreciate that. And see, and this is one of the things because we, we talk about stuff like you want to support black business. So I'm not mad at LeVar Ball for doing what he to did. Ball. No, no, I, I get that. I'm not mad at what he's doing, though. Instead of like saying, like, I'll sign my child or my child will sign with a uh, multinational conglomerate like Nike. I can actually build my own brand and like, you know, we can, we can, we can do it this way. And if he was actually sincere, I think with that, that would be perhaps something that you can actually put some wheels under and see how far down the road you can get. I'm just not feeling him. I feel like he's, he's an opportunist and like, yo, if you're going to actually do it, then do it. But like, don't be that dude who's doing something that technically hasn't really been done 
and then like mess it up for anybody who might want to do that later on down the line. That's that's my my problem with that. Like don't don't stand up a company then have people like try to like throw business your way and then you don't actually honor the business that they put your way. Your those shoes like five hundred dollars, and people were buying them not because they want the shoes. It's like yo, we celebrate the fact that somebody's like yo. If I'm gonna buy a pair of like expensive shoes from somebody, I don't have to sell a lot, but the people that buy them, I'm gonna make sure they get them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, somebody I was I was watching a, uh, an interview with uh, your man Christy Vince Staples, who was very entertaining in interviews. One of my favorite oh, people yeah. watching interview. One of my favorite people to watch in interviews um, in the year 2017. I, I will... Huh. Because he is so entertaining. Yeah. Um, and he was saying that he, he was talking about Ray J. And he was saying that Ray J apparently has got like some type of bike or scooter type of thing going on. I'm not familiar because I don't really follow Ray J. But apparently they're very expensive. I and like a multi-million dollar deal for it. Yeah. But he's saying like I don't have to sell a lot of them. All I have to do is just like have something that people don't really have and like make it a niche or whatever. And sell a few of them. And my money situation is good. You can do the same thing with Big yeah, Baller Brand. I, I, I think he said he sells like maybe two or three of those joints a month and he's good yeah. like, for the month. Yeah. And I'm not mad at that because, you know, he's still getting a check from that Kim Kardashian thing, too. That That's residuals. He's still getting from that. So, uh, I mean, he's not getting as many as uh, Kim Kardashian's getting. a horrible movie. <laughs> it was so horrible. <laughs> the most lackluster head job I've ever <sighs> seen. Like, just like, don't do it, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not into it, like, like we can we can go on other things. But, like, it's just like that was – I'm sorry. But you agree, though, right? I do. It was, it was terrible. It was terrible. Also, like, no. in 2017, police continue to kill folks. No, it got so bad we stopped keeping count because we were actually like 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 doing a count at the beginning of 2017 for the first like few a months. Thousand. It, it was, was it got high real fast. Though. It did the numbers. The numbers they were like outstripping us more than one a day. Yeah, that was definitely. <laughs> one <a day. laughs> I was like, wait a wait a minute. It was definitely more than one a day. Um, yeah, that's like they were they were just like okay, well Trump is in office. Let's uh, go ahead and. Uh, as y'all were saying, up. live our best lives. Live our best lives so while we other, take lives. Don't. Yeah, while others yeah. don't. Yeah. So that continued to happen. Also in 2017, white people decided to pay attention to drug addiction because it creeped up in their backyard in the form of opioids. It's always been there. So all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, the opioid, opioid epidemic. epidemic. We have to do something. This is so terrible. People can't go to jail. We have to, like... Get people treatment. Can I tell you honestly that is that was actually to me probably the most infuriating storyline of 2017. Because like these same white people and public officials, many of whom were actually in politics, maybe not on the congressional or senate level, but a lot of them were in, you know, politics, especially the Jeff Sessions who just rescinded the whole marijuana thing. I digress. Um but you know, like they declared the war on drugs in the Reagan administration, and I, I hate no, to like. No, Nixon declared the war on drugs. No, no, he declared the war on crime. Reagan was the war on drugs. So, like, uh, like, uh, it was like that. Remember, Reagan was like Nancy Reagan was just say no. And it's like, you know, and the, the, the irony was that you know, had the, the Iran Contra and like uh, your boy. Right, but that, that was a continuation of the war on drugs that Nixon started. It started with. Ta- okay, okay, okay. Let, let, let me, let, let's, let's. And when the war on drugs initially started with Nixon, it was actually treat, okay. treatment focused. Okay, when so. Reagan took 
So what I was going to say is, let, let's be like clear about this. There was a war on crime that was established by the Nixon administration, but um, um, Ehrlichman was very clear about like uh, demonizing uh, marijuana and other drugs because it would go against the hippies and the blacks. So I, 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 that, that's fair. But I'm talking about there was an official war on drugs that ramped up in the early 80s. And um, that was the whole crack. No, no. The official war on drugs started with Nixon, but it changed in the treatment center because that we, we don't talk about the war on drugs that Nixon started because it was actually treatment focused. Um, Reagan changed it to being uh, incarceration focused and punishment focused and, 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 and more focused on crime. I think the, the point that Leah is trying to make is that it was like specifically labeled the war on drugs under Reagan, even though the idea existed. No, but, no, what I'm saying is that it was officially labeled under Nixon, the war on drugs. But I think it was different. It was just treatment focused. Right. But I think it was, it, it was it, it, it different was under Reagan. It was treatment focused. Okay. So I'm just going right. to say Michelle and, and Alexander. Reagan transformed it from third. being focused on treatment to enforcement. Okay. Well, let's not lose the point because we can, we can agree to disagree on that. that that's fine. But the point I'm trying to make is that, um, you know, you have the, the crack disparity of 100 to 1. Uh, you had um, a lot of things that happened with the Batarang coming in, the houses in L.A. You had a lot of things going down in the early 80s. And a lot of politicians that are in Congress now or in the Senate now were present or are coming up through the ranks when this happened. And they were completely fine with it when it was black folks. And the point I'm trying to make is. When you say you have a war on drugs, drugs can't actually, you know, pick up a gun. Drugs can't cut anybody. And you can't do the same thing in drugs. You can't shoot drugs with a gun. You can shoot drugs with a needle, but, you know, you can't you can't cut drugs, you know, with a knife. You, you, well, you can if you're like, you know, trying to test purity. I, I think I'm losing the point right here because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm making jokes at the same time. But my, my whole point is drugs don't have feelings. And the, when you say you have a war on drugs, you, you really weren't having a war on drugs. You're really using that as an excuse to basically uh, oppress and, and marginalize a group of people. And, you know, at the same time, you could say that you're making the country safer and it fed, it fed into an already existing uh, rhetoric and narrative that was there since, you know, the black codes and all that stuff in terms of, uh, you know, vagrancy and all that stuff for black people were drug users and offenders and naturally violent, blah, 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 so forth and so on. It worked. But then at the same time, this attitude that was built up over that time, you know, now that is affecting people clearly that aren't, you know, of color, like the whole swing in the narrative is just offensive. And just just to be clear here, anyone that is familiar with or has spent any amount of time in Baltimore can let you know that heroin has been around, has been alive and kicking in Baltimore for many, many years. And And never went anywhere. Sometimes sometimes there's a dip. You know, and in in like sometimes, but like heroin has been strong for decades in, in Baltimore. And no one gave a shit about it nope. until it started popping up in Ohio or Colorado or these places where the faces are of a significantly lighter hue than they are traditionally in uh, Baltimore. And now all of a sudden it's like, it's an epidemic. It's a public health crisis. We need to do something. We need to save people. Jail is not the answer. So, 
Yeah, and and same thing the way they're looking at marijuana now. Now that marijuana is a legal thing, now they want to treat it differently. But it's like all these people whose lives have been ruined. Like people have been sent to jail for using heroin. I mean, that's a a disease. Like the the drug dependency and addiction is a disease, physical and mental. So those people weren't you know given the 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 dignity of having treatment or given the opportunity to have treatment and you feel it's okay to like throw people away for decades over nonviolent offenses and now the game has been changed and it's like i'm not saying that i want people to be penalized on the other end of the spectrum but i'm just saying what happens to those people whose lives have been thrown away are they going to be able to go get treatment now because those people are still like you know part of like families they're actually part of our society whether you want to admit that or not. So that's my whole thing. I just feel like there should be some type of uh, narrative change and uh, a change in like attitude and focus in terms of how those people have been treated. And maybe some of those sentences can be lifted. I don't know. I feel like that's fair. That's enough of me talking for now. Slim? Slimus Maximus. <laughs> oh, man. 2017 has been... Uh, very, very, very interesting. Um, uh, I think one of the things I've really been noticing is um, kind of the the Netflixing of media. Um, how like on demand culture is is at a is at an all time high. Um, in 2017, I think we really saw it come to bear. Um, how people can, you know, so some of the positive things that are happening is that you have people who write television and write movies and uh, there are more conduits for people to be able to create and generate these things. Um, so as a result, people are taking advantage of the, of the different avenues to, to display their work and uh, their, their movies and their television shows. And, uh, people are able to just have more and more media at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, that's been at an all-time high in 2017. I think that's only going to continue. Um, but the antithesis of that is, you know, the laws changing with net neutrality. Um, mm-hmm. So more and more media will be at people's fingertips. But if cable companies are able to throttle down people's speeds, they might not be able to take advantage of it. Uh, in 2018. Yep, so the net neutrality debate up. in 2017 continued on. Um, I do think uh, this is the first time in my life, in 2017, this is the first time in my life that I legitimately felt like the country is having to have a legitimate conversation about uh about the treatment of women in professional environments, um, the overall impact of patriarchy um, in society. Um, And I I just, that that conversation is actually, you know, legitimately happening. It's not that conversation, though it's been co-opted in small ways, like, you know, women will post their Me Too stories and then, Guys will jump in and be like, hey, I was, you know, uh, somebody took advantage of me as well. But I think overall, the focus is 
is kind of can is is maintaining consistency um that women uh we're having to, to take a hard look a legitimate look at how women are treated in this country um i think other conversations aren't able to maintain the aren't able to maintain the momentum that i think this conversation is currently having i hope it continues i hope it's not you know, killed. I hope that another problem that occurs uh, doesn't take the uh, another problem that occurs isn't successful at distracting away from the topic because I think it's very important. Um, but I, I know that I've had more legitimate conversations about that particular topic in 2017 than I've had any year before. It's a shame that it's because of what has you know, happened to some of the women who were who were victims of, of this treatment and their stories coming to light. Um, that that's what moved the conversation forward. But I think that's what has to happen. Right. The traumas are happening. You know, people are being victimized. They're being attacked in many different uh, venues, not just women, um, but, you know, black folk in America, gay folk in America trans folk um it, it's happening to a bunch of people the conversation doesn't move forward until there is a tragedy that's brought to light um so that that's some of the stuff that's sticking with me from from 2017 that i'm trying to carry over into 2018 well i think um me too has kind of like transformed into times up so i think that's going to be around for a while so i don't know who the names are, but um, a bunch of Hollywood, uh, a bunch of actresses, and I think maybe maybe a producer, some writers, but but Hollywood people um, formed this organization called Times Up, and it's basically um, a legal defense fund for all, all women in any industry um, to be able to come forward and file a complaint because I think you know it it was formed in the wake of <clears throat> excuse me the criticism about okay well it's nice that these famous people you know who have you know this money and have an established career can come forward but what about like you know the woman who works in a restaurant or you know like a woman who's you know working cleaning hotels what about them where is the um where where is their ability to come forward like who is their champion um and so I think that you're right, Slim, this conversation will definitely continue on as far as, you know, how women are treated in the workplace or even just overall, because I think we've kind of reached a point now where um, people are having to really step up, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, and create the institutions and the organizations that we need in order to keep the momentum going because i think there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years about you know twitter activists and people you know saying a lot but not really doing a lot and i think that we've probably entered a phase thankfully i mean you know donald trump is there's some silver linings you know i think he has you know really motivated a lot of people to act and to not just say oh well, this is a problem and keep talking about it, but move the conversation forward by, you know, trying to come up with solutions and uh, actions to make change. Mark, um, I think uh, both of you have addressed an interesting point, and um, I actually would like uh, Takia and and 
Christy to kind of like speak on this first, if you so choose. Um, but there was a, a mentioning um, by both Slim and, and, and Kay Savage about co-opting. And, you know, um, we've, we've had multiple conversations in terms of how Me Too was at one point uh, credited to Alyssa Milano instead of the person who actually uh, started that movement. Um, there's a whole conversation about how... Um, uh, What's your man? Uh, uh, excuse me, lady. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner uh, was. I, 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 I'm sorry, I was going with the first. Uh, yeah, but anyway, Caitlyn Jenner. How Caitlyn Jenner kind of co-opted the the, the trans movement in terms of. I, I don't know. I feel like again, I I, I kind of took umbrage, although I'm not trans, obviously. Um, but I I kind of took umbrage because I feel like there are a lot of people who have a much harder uphill battle with when it comes to transitioning. And the things that go along with it, that they they weren't like a um, famous, um, like being murdered. Yeah, I mean, there there's just so many like factors to put into it, and I'm not at any in any way trying to diminish uh, the decisions that Caitlyn Jenner has made, but they made this. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner made this decision knowing that they could get a TV deal out of this. Um, knowing they can get sponsorship out of this, like no, nobody is getting sponsored. Uh, transitioning, I and mean, it's just that's just not happening. So, like you know, the 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 victimhood that I thought Kate and the Jenner kind of tried to like like set up on it was just kind of I don't I, it's not apples and oranges. Although you know, I don't know, I can't really speak thoroughly to it. So, well, I, I think that I think that there's a couple of things going on with that Caitlyn Jenner narrative that like you know we, we could unpack. I think one is that the media really made her a spokesperson. I think she was trying to, you know, do her thing and come out and get her attention because, I mean, you know, uh, Chris Kardashian is her manager. <laughs> I mean, you know, so let's not act like she's not a part Chris of the team. But I also think that, you know, I think the media liked having um, a trans person that they felt people could relate to and so I think the media really liked centering her because the reality is the trans women that have been out in the open are black you know what I'm saying and a lot of them talk about you know having engaged in sex work because you know as black people who are trans you know they were at the margins and so many of them struggle with poverty and, you know, like a lack of family support, um, you know, maybe emotional, but definitely financial in the transition. And so I think that the media really picked Caitlyn Jenner to focus on because trans is an issue that's out there, but they needed somebody that was friendly for them. Because I think that there's a lot of reporters that don't want to actually talk to a lot of the black women who are, you know, at the forefront of the trans activist movement because they want to talk about real life trans issues. And nobody wants to talk about real life trans issues, which is why it was easy, I think, to latch on to Caitlyn Jenner from a media perspective, because she's wealthy. You know, she's got the story that is basically, you know, the trans version of Rags to Riches, which is, you know, I've been leading this life as one thing. And now all of a sudden I'm able to do, you know, be the other because I feel like I have the emotional freedom. But, you know, that allows them to have this conversation about trans that doesn't actually talk about how at the margins trans people are. It doesn't talk about the fact that people who are trans struggle with poverty. They are more likely to be homeless. They're more likely, you know, to commit suicide. The reality is, you know, trans is kind of sad and depressing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a story of oppression. 
And, you know, Caitlyn Jenner got to present a story of trans that was not focused on oppression, but it was focused on, you know, this transition. Well, because they never wanted to, like, really focus on the actual transition part about Caitlyn, which is what I think you were kind of touching on. It was like, oh, this is, it's like the acceptable version of trans and... You know, it's white and Republican and rich and it's got uh-huh. this, you know, family. And I'm not by any means calling Caitlyn Jenner it. I'm just saying the whole idea of transitioning, it is like easier. It's, she made it more palatable to people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because so no I one wants that. to think about homeless black trans women or right. homeless black trans men or prostitution or suicide or drug addiction or being like ostracized from your family or um, just being like targeted. Um, and it, that's not, that's not happy. That's not a happy story. And if we talk about right. those things and we have to, someone obviously is going to ask about solutions and we don't want to talk about solutions. So let's just talk about Caitlin cause she's got it all figured out and she's got a Mac campaign where she looks like a corpse. So Right. And and I, and I think it also makes it seem like trans is this later in life development, you know, as opposed to um, not nah, this is teenagers. You know, this, mm-hmm. this, these, these are children, you know, who are dealing with these issues. And so um, I think that she wants attention. Caitlin does because, you know, she's a part of a machine that lives on media attention. But I think that, you know, it really needs to I I think the conversation always needs to be refocused on the fact that she didn't declare herself a trans activist. She came out as a trans woman. The media made it seem like she could be the face of trans uh, for the the, the public, you know, for the country. And I think that a lot of people came back and kind of like countered that narrative with no, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's why she had that award dumb fast, though, from ESPN. And that's all, that's all I was saying. It's just I just felt like I just yeah I hear what you're saying. I mean, I th- yeah. But but then also let's think about the demographic you're talking about. You're talking about ESPN. They had to make trans palatable to a bunch of hyper masculine, toxic masculinity. You know what I'm saying? Supporting largely white male audience. You know, because if you talk about trans and you're watching, you know, like uh, you're listening to NPR or you're watching Democracy Now. You're not hearing about Caitlyn Jenner. No, my my entire point, though, well, not my entire point, but the point I'm 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 kind of wrestling with was in the world of ESPN, Bruce Jenner was relevant in the late seventies. Like you know, so Bruce Jenner, what he did in 2015 or 16 or whatever, wasn't really relevant to the sports world at all, in my opinion, because he wasn't he wasn't an active athlete or even a recently like retired athlete so it's no ca- but i mean who the fuck knows anything about the decathlon hey man i remember the dan and dave campaign from the 80s oh this is true i remember that. <laughs> i remember that thoroughly so i mean I, i'm gonna disagree that they actually in the olympics they actually that's one of the few people that they would do is the decathlon the decathletes <laughs> I mean, but she was also she is she is currently and, and was even before a commentator for for uh, um, the Olympics. But I think 
the reality is we in this country, we like anything that's a little bit tawdry and a little bit sensational. And even if, you know, she wasn't relevant, you know, as an athlete, the reality is it's always relevant, you know, saying for an athlete, no matter how old they are to come out and say, I don't want to fit into this heteronormative masculine uh, ideal. Speaking of Caitlyn Jenner, another thing that was uh, talked about quite a bit when it happened was her daughter and her um, attempt to stop police brutality with a Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, there was that. And uh, how Ky- which one was it? Kylie Kendall? Kendall? I, it was Kendall, I think. Yeah. How Kendall let us know that all you got to do is like protest with a bunch of pretty people. And give a, a police officer a Pepsi. Lots of peas there. Poops, pussy popping on the handstand. Um, <laughs> give a pretty police officer a Pepsi and it's a miracle. Everything is solved. Um, and then, of course, because Kendall's white, uh, she was just a child who didn't know what was going on. And she should not have been held accountable. You know, she she was just doing an ad and. Blah, 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 blah. I do think there's a, a bit of fairness to that, though. She not that she like was a, a child. Not, not, that, not that she was a child, but what I, what I will say is that like there, there were a, a bunch of people in that marketing room and in that, in that marketing meeting that pitch. So like, ah, oh, well, this is what we can do, and you know, we can really break down boundaries, and we can really make a statement here, and we could also sell soda, and like, you know, there were people that were in a room. And it's like, let's get somebody. And the the Kardashians ain't ones to turn down money. So, no, no, you know, no. But I, if I don't, I, I wouldn't expect it. Like, you know, this is kind of like uh, socially in, insensitive. No, but don't then come out and say like, oh, I'm a child. I didn't know. I didn't know how to make all oh, these that's decisions. That's what she actually said. That was that was okay. the narrative. I, yeah, I, like oh, she's. Okay. I think she's like 21, 22, 23. I don't know. About to have a baby. No, I think that's the other one, or the other other one. I don't know. She's the one that models. Kendall. I can't keep up. Anyway, it was just like, oh, and Kendall and she was just a Courtney child and, and just, she wasn't really, you know, ugh. thinking about the decisions that she was making. It was just an ad and we shouldn't attack her. I am buying that child shit. She's, she's an adult. She can vote and drink. We have her own home. Mm-hmm. We drive her own car. She's employed. She's our own accountant. Mm-mm. No, 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 ma'am. So, um, I, I, I'll say something from 20... 17, I think, is going to be huge, especially as the years continue to roll on. Um, two things, and uh, Slim actually touched on one of them. That was uh, net neutrality. Um, I think that's going to be a really big thing because it, it essentially, uh, you know, and also I guess a, a sub a, a sub story or sub plot would be also how the Consumer Protection Bureau has basically been stripped of a lot of its uh power and influence and what is what is brought on to do um, is basically putting us in a position where we don't really as consumers have any say in anything and then also of course um, the the Republican tax plan that's just gonna be major not this year necessarily but as as things roll on or whatever uh, it's, it's gonna be really problematic because uh it it, it essentially, Oh, man, it's it, there's so much that that's a whole podcast unto itself, but it does so many terrible things, and it's not something that you're going to readily see in the beginning. In the beginning, people might actually wind up getting a little bit more money, so they'll think it's good, and then when everything starts to kind of phase out or whatever, and like you know, 
when you start having to like, you know, claim, you know, the money that you're getting for, for uh, educational loans as income, then everybody's going to look around like, oh, what is this? So I don't, I don't know. So I think it's a Republican tax plan along with net neutrality are two major plot points that kind of didn't get enough attention. And they're going to affect everybody in this country on in a very real way. So I think those are two things. And LeVar Ball was annoying to me. Also, y'all remember the fire festival? That festival for rich people that was exclusionary? Yeah. Where is Ja? (laughs) And they were going to have like these like luxury tents all set up for people that had a lot of money. And they get there and basically they had actual FEMA tents and like cheese. (laughs) Yeah, like porta potties and like cheese sandwiches. And uh, they got pretty much kind of got stranded. And everybody was laughing at them because it was a bunch of rich folks like, ha, 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 we're coming to this festival and we're going to exclude you because you're poor. And they got there and they got treated like poor people. No, I loved it. No, this kind of reminds me of. Wasn't there a lady last year or was it 2016 who, who did this whole advertisement for like this big like orgy? Oh yeah, she. You know what I'm talking about, right, Christy? She did this, this big whole thing. And it was an internet push. Like there's gonna be an orgy, or whatever. And all these thirsty dudes showed up, and there were no women there. And she didn't show up either. Right, I know. She's one of the women. I said there were no women there. She didn't show up. So they they were expecting to get it in or whatever. There's a whole bunch of thirsty dudes saying they about to get their smash on and wind up getting in the room. And there's a whole bunch of just dudes. Great. I mean, that's still good. I made it pop off. For that reason, swingers parties a lot of times do not allow single men in. They get thirst trapped. Yeah, but what I will say is this: um, I believe, um, and one of the earlier things that Slim and Christy were talking about in terms of like the Weinstein and the Louis C.K. Basically, the uh, the the narratives of women being more seriously discussed and addressed. And considered, um, I believe these things in the media, but also on this podcast. You know, some of the conversations that we've had on and off mic, and we've had a lot of them. I believe that they have actually made me more understanding, and I don't think I'm, I was any way like an off the hook type of dude. But it has caused me to constantly evaluate and readdress the way I look at things. And the way I behaved in the past, and you know, was this acceptable? Was that acceptable? And it, and it's definitely, um, I think, made me more uh, considerate to you know things that I just had not considered prior, probably to the last couple of years, um, in terms of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, and what is um, when you speak up on something and when you you know don't speak up on something. It's it's been an, a, a, a constant education for me, so I'm I'm thankful for that as well. So I will say that. Also big this year, uh, your president and uh, Lil Kim Jong Un decided to have a Piss contest to see whose dick was biggest, uh, and it's going to apparently continue into 2018. I feel like Kim Jong Un is actually playing with Trump now. So much so that. Uh... <laughs> My friend texted me an article. The CDC is uh, preparing us for nuclear war. They are. They said, what's he doing? Yeah. Because he's got a bigger button on his desk and it works. That's what you need. Well, you need a big button for big hands. So I guess it all all works out for him. 
My button is huge, and so are my hands. Kim Jong-un, <laughs> he's just a rocket man. He's a rocket man. It's all he is. Okay, time out. Like, all we see are, like, teeth, teeth and glasses. glasses. <laughs> oh, okay. man. All the type of effects you're trying to do right now. It's, it's very creepy, though. Uh, like you're like you're like an extra creepy. from Blair Witch Project. <laughs> the sun is going down and the light is off in my room. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nah, but we appreciate the 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 uh, the impersonation. That was that was very entertaining. Hey, look, look maybe that impression will come to a, a podcast near you. Perhaps. Um. So yeah, all I mean, y'all wanted to be openly racist. Now we all got to die for it. I mean, and somebody made a, a very. From I I would say maybe an unexpected, not an unlikely, but an unexpected uh, source. I was watching Jesus and Miro, and they were talking about uh some for some reason they were like having a discussion about nuclear war, and uh, and uh basically a nuclear missile going off, whatever. So yeah, well it doesn't really matter if you if you get one off, whatever, and you basically because you like for us we got to think from our perspective from the American perspective, South Korea is an ally, so we can't like hit North Korea with a nuclear weapon. Not logistically speaking, because I, like that would. Are you familiar with your president? I'm just no. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying with the with the. I'm just saying with the with. I'm thinking the military intel and people who have common sense in those rooms with him. Because at the end of the day, he might be president, but I don't think he's actually got the authority. This particular president has the authority to let a bomb go. I don't. He does. He, does. he, he might think actually, he does. I don't think he does. No, no that's actually he's, one of the things that the they have been discussing to try and change the legislation on that he does not actually have to consult anybody about firing a nuclear weapon. And nobody knows if anybody has taken the kind of precautions that they took with Nixon. So like at the end of the Nixon presidency, when he was all paranoid and drinking and, you know, he was about to be indicted or had already been indicted and like shit was falling apart. They actually like members of um, his cabinet, like went behind his back and told people basically like if you get an order from him, unless you get a confirmation from one of us, ignore that shit. But we don't know if anything like that has been put into place for Trump. And the reality is one of the things that has a lot of members of Congress really upset is that he has that is one thing that he has carte blanche like. If he feels like it, he can do it, and he don't have to justify it to anybody. Okay, so I mean, I get what you're saying, and I understand this just being, but what I'm saying <laughs> before the guy even got in office, it's like, why can't I use a nuclear nuclear weapon? I said nuclear. I've been hearing my, my presidents <laughs> pronounce it incorrectly for so many years. Nuclear weapon? Why can't we just use it? Dude doesn't understand like how that shit works. So um, I, I I I hear what you're saying, and I'm not here to dispute what you're saying. I'm just talking about what I believe. And I'll qualify it like that. What I believe is actually the case. I don't believe he's actually got the ability to let loose a weapon by himself. I don't. Well, if he, if well, he, hold on. I, I just want to finish my point very quickly. If he hits North Korea, then that's going to immediately be fallout on South Korea, which is an, a staunch ally. Not only that, but we've seen what happened with Fukushima when the reactor, um, they, the, all that um, tainted reactor water. Irradiated water, wastewater, got into the actual ocean. That shit came back and hit our. Came back and hit the coast of California. Let me solve this argument. Can he launch a strike unilaterally? No. 
He requires other people to carry out an order so he can't just lean on a button and automatically the missiles fly, but he has the legal and political authority on his own to give an order that would cause other people to take steps, which would result in a nuclear strike. That's the system we currently have. Yeah, and that basically that's that's when they mutiny. Yeah, that but that's when they're gonna they're gonna mutiny like fuck no, we gotta get this dude out. <laughs> like that that's when they're like, nah, we can't let allow this to happen. That was they just what I was saying. Trained to disobey the illegal be- orders. But then he get, then he gets to fire people. So how many people does he have to fire before somebody will do it? Hey man, if you fire people, you also have to put people in a position to actually be able to do it though too. Because not everybody yeah. can just like that. Like when you talking about there's certain levels of like when you talking about defcon shit, you can't just put anybody in that position without clearances and stuff. No, so, but I mean, somebody with clearance would totally go along with that shit. Yeah. I, how many people do you have to fire before you get to that person? Or how many how many presidents would you have to remove when they say he's a threat to national security and the security of the world? That's what I'm right. saying. I think if he went that road, I think that people would literally like, yo, we can't have this dude in office. Because you can, like, you know, the, the, the basically the, the military does have the ability to basically like, nah. You don't want it to come to that, but yeah. I don't think I'm. I'm just, and again, this is just how I how, how I feel about the situation. But the bigger thing I was saying is, um, watching Jesus and Meryl, he made a very good point. Like, even if you hit somebody, whatever, and they don't get one off, that wind, that radioactive wind, is going to get into the air, whatever, float back wherever it wants to float back. So it's still going to like decimate countless people that you weren't even trying to hit. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you know the, the idea of like nuclear weapons and having multiple nuclear weapons is fucking ridiculous. We have enough like nuclear weapons on this planet to destroy the planet hundreds of times over. So, if they've woken up the president because they believe they're under attack, there's a presumption of legality if the president orders a strike. But if the president wakes them up in the middle of the night and orders a nuclear strike with no context, no crisis, no alert, then there's not a presumption that that order is legal, and that would raise serious questions. Thanks, Googles. <laughs> uh, 2018, we are looking for a fact checker so we don't have to do this while we're actually doing the show. But we appreciate you, Cree. Uh, Takia, I'm trying to say two names at oh, once. T Rich. Yeah, I do what I can. We appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess there's a lot of stuff we can talk about that happens. Also, good in, 2017, happen in 2017, uh, white, people content- white men continue to kill people in mass. There's yep. also the Charlottesville Tiki Torches. Yes. That almost sounds like a like a football team. <laughs> their, their uniforms were uh, khakis and uh, button downs. Tiki Torches. Very from urban Party outfitters. What did you say? Tiki Torches from Party City. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff is going on, but there were some good things that happened in 2017 as well. Uh, but I just I just thought we should in a time capsule play some crazy stuff, huh? Were there? Yeah, I mean, you just said at the top of the show that if you made it through a first, I mean, that's a good thing in and of itself. You still here, you know? I mean, you know, like, hey man, I I feel like Black Love has been been been, been winning. Black Love. Yeah, that's 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 a major thing. That's a major in my book. Love in general is good, but you know, something special about Black Love, and not just the incense that you get at the gas station or on the metro. Yeah. I never actually had that particular incense, black love. I mean, when you buy that kind of incense from the train or the gas station, it all smells the same. <laughs> it all smells like lies and deception. <laughs> <laughs> lies and deception. My Dior. 
Yes. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. A lot, a lot of. I mean, there were some good things, and it, I mean, I, I think uh, it's speaking back to what someone was saying in terms of uh, way more content being out there. Whatever. There was actually content that was, I think, truer to what we can identify with as people of color. And it didn't, I'm not saying that that was all necessarily like 100% positive, like go black people go type stuff. It was just real life type stuff that happens. And we can say, yep, I know somebody like that, or I too am like that. And that was appreciated. It's not like a monolithic approach to how entertainment is done typically in the Hollywood machine. So. Also top of line, top of mind for me for 2017, one uh, Robin Rihanna Fenty blessed us women of all hues. I think I've mentioned this a, a couple times on yeah. this podcast. I but now it's worth mentioning again. What did you say, Christy? I said Fenty Beauty. Fenty Beauty. Yeah, yes. I, I think it's dope. And and, the, and that you got so much love and support. And that's what I'm talking about. That's, I guess, the shit inverse. Shit stay sold out. Yeah, that's Every the Every time in, I try to get some that's shit the in, Well, not the inverse, the converse of uh, what your boy LeVar Ball was doing. You know what I'm saying? It, there's a need and a want for that type of insight. Like, okay, you understand what it is we're trying to do. You understand you're already a part of this, or whatever. Like, give us something that we can actually get behind. And then you do. Yeah, because when pro- you order that fancy beauty, yeah. that should get there quick. Well, I think that, you know, like, she her she did something that serves a purpose, you know? So, like, there was a niche. It needed to be filled. And she said, oh, there's this big gap right here. Let me let, let me step in and, and show people how this should really be done. And I think the difference between that and LeVar Ball is I feel like LeVar Ball just wants to be rich, mm-hmm. you know. And oh, we don't disagree on that at all. There's nothing wrong with just wanting to be rich, but like, what's his purpose? No, and I, I don't disagree with you at that all, with you on that at all. I, and I think the damaging thing that's going to happen potentially is his desire to be well off and rich and to be known is going to more or less hamstring what his sons are able to do. Because, you know, he t- I don't know if you know, but the son that was caught stealing in China, which could have gone so much worse if he had actually <laughs> gotten thrown in jail. Like, yeah, he might have been irretrievable at that point. But um, uh, he pulled him out of school and the other one, um, the youngest one. So it's like um, Lonzo, the mellow, Leangelo. The two younger um, sons are now going to be playing uh, professional ball overseas. Lithuania, I think. Yeah, I think it's Lithuania. Yeah, um, and like, I mean, I'm I'm of the mindset. I'm I get sorry, it. I'm confused. How do we get from talking about Robin Rihanna Fenty? Back I to apologize. I was just I was just kind of using spend that enough time on his balls. <laughs> I was just using the example of basically saying how Rihanna did it the right way. She understood like, okay, there's a need for something, and and honestly, and Chris was saying that there was a need for that, but at the same time, I think people. Want to those who are in the culture who like dope shoes want to buy dope shoes. Now I wasn't thinking that the big baller brand shoes were good, but you know if they're the first of something or whatever, they might be worth money down the line if you actually become something. You know, and it's like you know people who love tennis shoes. Like if you provide great looking tennis shoes, they gonna want to support them. They gonna want to buy them. That's are all they I'm saying. Supposed to be expensive. They're they're dumb expensive. Like the flip, they they have a pair of flip flops for like three hundred dollars. The, the fact that you're trying to sell me something as a luxury item that's called Big Baller, like, mm. I can't. I cannot. I just can't. I will not. I, mm. I mean, like, you know, 
And I say this as somebody with no money. That's just so new money that like it's disgusting. It's so new money that like it's destined to fail because like you need people with old money to buy your shit if you want to have any money. Like you can't just have expensive shit and expect people to buy it. Like the thing that makes people buy expensive shit is the people with old money who say, oh, I like that. You know, because the people with new money, I mean, they make trends that, you know, last a hot second. So, like, big baller, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I just, five years from now, who's wearing big baller sneakers? I mean, I would like to give, uh, you know, LeVar Ball credit, you know, uh, as a as a father who hopes to one day exploit my child's successes. Um, he's, he's providing me a roadmap of you know, to avoid in the process. So, I'm just going to keep watching them and, you know. Taking notes. Taking notes, yeah. Yeah, one, one day my kid's gonna make it big, and I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leech for all it's worth. And, you know. I feel like he already had two playbooks, and he like not taking lo- notes from any of them. You know what I'm saying? We got Joe Jackson, and we got what's his name, the the Williams daddy. You know what I'm saying? We got two highly successful black men who have managed to you know what I'm saying, totally make a career out of, and the nose. You know what I'm saying? We we got three examples of how you you know what I'm saying successfully make your children your retirement plan. And I just don't understand why he doesn't seem to be taking a page out of their books. Like, you know, Matthew Knowles, you know what I'm saying? Was doing the LeVar ball, which is why he is out of the, he, he not invited to the cookout no more. So like, I need he LeVar not to the cookout like, totally his dick in his pants. slow down. Oh, yeah. Like I need him to slow his roll. Cause there's a playbook out there for him already. You know what I'm saying? And he playing out of the, the, the Matthew Knowles handbook, you know what I'm saying? And that ain't going to get him far <clears throat> at all. Yeah, That's the Joe the Joe That's Jackson right. handbook, the Joe Jackson handbook is better. You know, just abuse your your children. And I think it worked for a time. It's different. It's different now. Different time. I think I think that worked in that that specific time period. I don't think it can work this in this time period. I mean, you, you can't go. physically abuse them like that, but you can mentally abuse them. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> the same. I think that that physical added to the mental, and I think that's what got the best out of them. Whatever. Like, I don't think Michael actually could do that spin until he was scared into that spin. Like you know, like he you know like probably did that spin trying to run away from Joe. Like where you going? He spun around to like, like oh that was that was really, do that again. That's talented boy. I don't know. That's probably not exactly how it happened. Just like but in my you mind, you know, Mike is is half human, <laughs> half mama say mama sama makusa. So like, yeah. he's a hybrid. Yeah. Speaking of greatness, um, in the name of Serena Williams, <laughs> Serena uh, at the start of the year, I think it was. Yeah. Kicked in the door and won the Australian Open. Pregnant. Just happened to be pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Pregnant. Um, so, yes, her baby in, in utero already has a championship. Um, and then she blessed us with... Was that a doubles win? Ha, I, see <laughs> I see what she did. All right. Shared pictures of her amazing wedding, which was so cute. Um, and she was trying to come back, but she realized, like, hey, look, I'm not ready just on. yet, so yeah. I'm going to work on this. I just had a baby. Uh, I can lay up for a minute. I can lay up for a minute. Like, I think that competitive true. juice, though, is going to get her, though. I think Because I think I think that one little lap she had with Anyaris, whatever, the little design thing, whatever, she's trying. Nah, I think she's going to try to milk everything she can because I think she understands what legacy is. And I don't think she wants anybody fucking with her record. Like she's gonna make no, but it she difficult. Tried, she was planning on coming back for the Australian Open this year, but she lost her first match back and was like, "You know what? I've always been told if you're not prepared to go all the way, 
don't go into competition. And I'm not ready. I'm not where I want to be. So I'm pulling out. Okay. Because winners win. Right. I wonder if I'm too old to be a kept man. What do you guys think? Uh, no, I don't think there's really an age to it. I just really no. think that it comes down to the woman that you're with. Oh, so I just, I got to find a woman who's willing to take care of all of this. <laughs> I, I, I guess. Okay. I, I guess. Hey man, that's an ass for every seat. I mean, I figured there's a few avenues to success. I could either, you know, exploit my child's success or, you know, I can find a desperate woman who, you know, I'm way out of her league and she would never have a shot at a guy like me. And, you know, but she's like ridiculously wealthy. And then I'll just take one for the team. The team being me. <laughs> I realized when I was on um, holiday break and at the end of December that I'm not made to work, that I would prefer to be a, a lady of leisure um, <laughs> and to not have to do this nine to five. I'd like to just, you know, wake up and do, do whatever. Pottery. You know that's my dream to like be somebody's background singer and like do pottery and yoga during the day and when we're not on tour. You know, it sounds like a great life. I don't know the first thing about pottery, Um, but you would learn because I would have time. Exactly. You know, and you would play like the whole Unchained melody while you do it. Like, oh, Oh, my darling. I'm totally open to some billionaire lovers. Yes. I mean, I mean, the funny thing is, like... You can have a black girl fetish as long as you got that old money. I just kind of feel like you in particular, your work ethic, I don't know, like, I think you like the... You might not like the work aspect, but I think you like the idea of getting your money. That's why I'm going to find me a billionaire to okay. just kind of right. keep me. <laughs> hey, look, me, me, and T, me and T. Rich, we about to start that new gigolo movement. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay. We're gonna be the we're gonna be the new 2018 gigolos. That's how it's gonna go now. We're gonna be taking care. Of, hey, y'all gonna get to eat too though. So hmm. you know, just like y'all gotta hey, see yeah, the table. And, and it gotta be a billionaire or somebody on their way to billionaire status. Cause like, you know, kept to me at this point means like here is the deed. <laughs> Don't worry about the mortgage. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that is kept to me. Kept to me is you get an allowance and it's like, you know. Are we talking about like a Stacey Dash $5,000 a month allowance? Are we I'm talking not about talking like, about kept like, like right, or you can go buy all the things in Whole Foods. Nah, I need somebody Whole like- Whole Foods is nice though. It is nice, I, I, but I, I, need, I need bigger kept. Okay. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't mind starting off in phases though. Like, I, I need could, like- you No, know, Whole Foods I need like expensive. Eddie Murphy and coming to America kind of kept. Like I got a fucking elephant yeah, in the like, backyard. I mean, like, hello, Babar. <laughs> I'm cool with- <laughs> Did you just say hello, Babar? That's what he said in the movie. Okay. Like, I'm cool with an open account at- you know, Whole Foods, but I also need that to come with a chef. Mm-hmm. Wow. I need that food to be delivered to my chef, mm. my personal chef. Well, let me let me just let me just state my open invitation. If you are a if you are a older, wealthy woman of questionable attractiveness, I do have a price. So I'm just gonna let you know. Look at here. On, on, you can be a man. <laughs> you can be a man. You can be a woman. You can be in the United States. You can be international. I have a passport. I will travel. <laughs> okay, so on a real note, uh, Slim, you were not here for this. How did we turn this into? I don't know. That's why I'm trying. I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to. I'm trying to divert. On a real note, hey, you were not here. Name is me. Yeah, uh, slide uh, into my DM, billionaires. We, we were having a discussion <laughs> about uh, like making the anti Valentine's Day movement uh, for 2018. 
Oh, I'm with it. Uh, and, and in the process, though, like trying to like use that movement to actually do something like 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 productive and proactive, though. So like instead of investing that money in like Hallmark and like the beers, like invest that money in a retirement or like an investment vehicle, that type of yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. And we can even hijack the theme. We can hijack the theme. It's about love, right? If you if you love yourself and you love your family, then you know, then invest, invest in their future. That's what the love really is. There it is. Now that sounds less like a leech and more like a person who's willing to build his family up. And I like that. Look at here. I like that about you. All right. I'm just saying that if my daughter gets there. You know, but even for single people, invest in yourself. Like you know, maybe take a class or you know, like. Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Save, save, invest, and masturbate. That could be the whole, you know, the whole theme of the whole. (laughs) We're gonna work on that. Like the first two were good, and it took a turn on the last one. You know. No, it didn't. But if you have a hook, though, it doesn't matter. Christy comes every day. I think that we should look. I personally think that everyone should commit to spending a good deal of their sexual energy exploring non-penis and vagina ways to have an orgasm. You'd be amazed at how much fun you would have. (laughs) I completely agree with that. That leaves the rectum. I mean, no, no it there, doesn't. There are so, there are it so many. There are masturbation. so many. It could be oral. I mean, like, you would be surprised what you could come up with to get an orgasm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you I say, am simply going to say that in my day, I have produced quite a few pressure based orgasms. Just pressure in the right Penis place. Pressure. Pressure bus that's, pipes. That's a real thing. Yeah. I'm with you. See? Friction. So I think we can include masturbation in that. Yeah, let's go. I'm interested uh, to hear what this is going to sound. Yeah, like. yeah. Okay, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Damn. we are now looking forward to the pressure orgasms I mean, and, and just investments. You yeah. doesn't mean it's not a group activity. Yeah, yeah that is all very real. And know what? We going. I mean, we got so much that we could talk about. Are we going to continue this conversation? So sometimes Lee is a killjoy. I think circle I'm jerks not are a killjoy. I'm just thinking. Is oh, is it, you know? I'm looking. At, this is a podcast, though. People can pause this shit and come back to it. What is he talking about? Nothing. He's trying to turn this into fajitas and wrap it up. You know, Lee, a halfway hotel. He don't want to. He, he can't is. go too. We can't go too far. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, rain us in at some point. That's why he started talking about investments in black love. <laughs> <laughs> that is very real. That's very real. We need to be investing in our orgasm. Hmm. I I just would like to say, you know, as a halfway hotel, whatever. Uh. I remember looking up at my father's cologne tray <laughs> and seeing high karate. If y'all know what high karate is, you might not hey. be halfway hotep. <laughs> high karate is some, like, yo, that's that's like jupe. It's not really jupe, but that's what, you know, that's how it looks. Hey, it's all about that brute. Yo, that's something you know what I'm talking about with the little little uh, the little like a little had a chain around it, like like a like a like a little pendant around it. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? There's certain colognes that you know about from your from your from little your youth, from a certain Jacar Noir. See, now now you're it. playing. Now now you're now you're now you're part of it. Now now you're in it, Jake. That's what it is. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. So now, but for real, high karate man. That's a specific. I never seen anybody put it on, but they got it in their their cologne rack though. Won't that stain your there. skin off? Like it's that. still there. I, I think my father still has. it I don't think he's supposed to use it. 
I don't know. It might be a disinfectant or a stranger. I don't know. I think it's acid. All those old colognes were just different versions of Sex Panther. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is Sex Panther? <laughs> it stings the nostrils. <laughs> it smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid as hell for that one. Oh, man. Hey, look, 60% of the time. <laughs> It oh works God. every time. Yeah. Black bottle. Please tell me the bottle was black. <laughs> American treasure. Oh, yes, Will yeah. Ferrell. American Shout treasure. Shout out to Anchor Man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. oh man, that was good stuff right there. Yeah. All right. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as as we tend to do, we're going to keep the conversation going on this end. We ask that you keep the conversation going on your end. Please feel free to comment uh, to. Uh, share, to promote, all that good stuff. We, Send we, us pictures if you're using a little Draconois or High Karate. Yeah, if you got some High Karate Panther or, or some, some Joop. Or, <laughs> some, or some Sex Panther. Sex Panther. Oh, not yeah, Sex Panther. Sex hey, man, like, hey, if you got any of that, show some pictures of that and hashtag it S-Y-M-H-M so we know to look for it. definitely miss that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Or if you got Black Love Incense, hashtag mm. that S-Y-M-H-M. And if for you shit don't, you might have missed. There's a man on the DC Metro that you can buy it from. Or you can just go to your local gas station, you know, of color. You can't just go to like, you know, like, you know, the, the really like rich side of town and no. You can go to a, like, you know, a place that's a little sketchy and then ask them if they have black love incense. Share us with your friends. <laughs> Pretend this podcast is an orgy. Um, so we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> We are going to come back next week. Yeah, that's and the plan. Have more things for you guys to listen to as we kind of try to talk this shit out and figure it out. Yeah. Figure this 2018 out. Yeah, this 2018 is going to be interesting. This is going to be the year of building, though. Slim so. Maximus and Christy and I are going to work on our um, billionaire kept game. So our DMs are wide open. Please. Wide open. If you oh. have a large account and a giving heart, <laughs> slide right in. That's right. Right. I'm totally cool with being the mid-Atlantic chick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not looking for exclusivity. I no. fully expect to be a slot on the roster. No pun intended. One weekend a month. Pun intended. That's really all I need. Because <laughs> that frees up what you got to do also on your side. You yeah. know what I mean? You know? I mean, I'm engaged. I don't have time to be, like, in a full-on relationship with somebody. But I am definitely willing to be <laughs> a... A once a weekend okay. kind of. Uh, all right. <laughs> this is this, this that new man. <laughs> Part time lover, new man. <laughs> yes, let us know. Yeah, you only good for the weekend. In. Okay. Right. On that note, fajitas. Have a good day. Uh, this is uh, Da Vinci Parks, aka Leaving at the Third. T Rich. Oh, okay, Savage. Your boy, yes, double. Yep, we are the usual suspects. And this, of course, is shit you might have missed on www.flashblackradio. You know how to find us on podcasts, ladies and gentlemen, website, Facebook group, Facebook page, of course, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and more. But please, ladies and gentlemen, also follow us and interact with us on the Facebook page, on the website. There are places you can leave comments um, on both the Facebook page and group and, of course, the website. But also, Follow us at Twitter 
you know, at Flashback News, at Flashback Radio, and on IG, at Flashback Radio. All right? We look to hear from you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Stay blessed. Stay woke. One.